Hi, I'm Tom Connery, and welcome to Talking Customer Success. On this podcast, we focus on topics relating to customer success management and invite guests to share their experience and how they leverage CSM programs and operations to not only retain business, but generate revenue and build attitudinal customer loyalty. My background with this type of account management comes from working for software companies, but I believe this practice could potentially be applied to nearly any business. Welcome to Talking Customer Success. On this episode, we're here to introduce our audience to bad fit, stretch fit, and good fit customers. What does it all mean? And why are good fit customers essential for building an influential growth sales cycle? But before we get started, let's welcome our special guest, Elizabeth Best. And you go by Liz usually, is that right? Yes, I do. Now, Liz and I, we worked together for one year as CSMs. And although we didn't directly work together like across any accounts, I have to say that she was a power user at Gainsight for our team, and I admired her detail-oriented tracking of customer information. I mean, she set an example for a lot of team members, and it really helped. And since I was a noob, it, it really helped me, especially when it came time for the success planning, um, the calls to action, and so on, the different pieces, putting them together, and using those as tools for my work really helped. Oh, you know, it was absolutely my pleasure to do that. Uh, our implementation of Gainsight caught my attention right off the bat, and I uh, simply enjoyed diving into that challenge, and I wanted to share the knowledge with my coworkers. Awesome. And now I don't know much about your customer success backstory, so I thought maybe we kind of start there. I know, you know, my career was technical and software support and services. And I'm really curious about how you ended up in customer success. Sure. So as Tom said, I'm a customer success manager in the software as a service SaaS market. I'm originally from British Columbia, currently in San Diego and got there via Chicago. Now I started out in information technology at an academic institution and then joined a software vendor specializing in academic and research library applications. I eventually joined another firm that focused on enterprise applications. That's where I met you, Tom. Uh, along that journey, I've watched the growth of the SaaS space and traveled with customers as they made the transition from on-premises to cloud applications. So in my immediate future, I'll continue to apply that knowledge that I've gained in assisting customers uh, but right now, I'm here to share some of that knowledge with you. The on-premise to uh, cloud application uh, migrations, I can't count how many of those I've been involved in. And uh, it's really, it's been great work so far. So glad to learn more about your background. So we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that I was happy to share it with you. <laughs> what we're going to talk about first are bad fit customers. And I guess from your perspective, you know, have you managed bad fit customers and what does it mean to you as a CSM or even as the company you're supporting or working for, what does it mean to working with a bad fit customer for the account and for the business as a whole? Well, I suspect we're probably going to uh, end up talking about different sides of the same coin here. The, the, the perspective that I take is uh, looking at the ones that I've had the most challenges with and they are, always the ones that would be classified as a bad fit. 
I have a couple of examples that I can go through of uh, the ones that I've encountered. First off, there would have been uh, only a single project sponsor during the sales cycle. And for one reason or another, post-sale, that person had departed. In that scenario, the CSM ends up in a pseudo-sales cycle trying to find a new project sponsor uh, in order to ensure the cross-departmental cooperation necessary for an enterprise-wide deployment. You don't end up making any progress on the project because you're trying to get everybody to cooperate. Another scenario would be the make it so. The, in this case, the people involved in the sales cycle were a completely different group than the implementation. If the project is off the side of someone's desk, it's never going to get the full attention it requires. There has to be a commitment to a complete program involving a large-scale deployment. It can't just be, we have this, put it into production, and make it work. One final example. There's a project sponsor and an implementation team with passion. They have an end goal and the desire to achieve it. Unfortunately, we can get caught in the devil is in the details. During the sales cycle, the customer asks and receives confirmation about a particular aspect of the software. Later on, it's uncovered that there were nuances to the question and the answer that either side weren't aware of. This leaves the scenario of it can't be done, but, and then you scramble to make it work for them. Right. You know, something in the sponsor change that, that make it so attitude, they do resonate with me. And I have seen some of that. I think a lot of my thought on the whole bad fit level or type is probably a little bit, well, it's higher level, I guess I should say, where, you know, when I saw what I thought was a bad fit account, it seemed like landing the logo, you know, the power of hitting those big logos in, in, in the workplace, getting that upfront revenue that was probably bigger than your norm. It was the primary focus instead of really considering how complex or how convoluted the customer's needs might be overall. And I totally get the idea of jumping first and then learning how to fly on the way down. In business, it's sometimes a necessity. But from what I've seen in software and managed services, it can be really dangerous. And why is that? Because these bad fit customers end up costing you a lot. And how is that? By the amount of time they end up sucking out of your CSM, your sales account manager, engineering team, services support, I mean, you name it. Also, if you think that their implementations, future upgrades, et cetera, have a high level of risk or scope creep, and they're going to overconsume resources, those are huge red flags. And you know what else is horrific about selling to and obtaining a bad fit customer is that when they churn, it's possible you receive bad reviews or publicity, you know, tweets, things like that. And the sad part is they were never your ideal customer. So now you have, you know, bad press or bad feedback in the marketplace that could potentially impact your perfect fit, right? Your good fit customer. So the bad fit customer is not your ideal customer because selling to them may look good from a distance. But when examined up close, they'll make your life a living hell. And once upon a time, sales teams didn't seem to care as much about this scenario because they were rewarded for selling you know, as much as possible or as quickly as possible. And in many cases, to whomever they, they could or however that software could apply to some business, 
But the good news is, I think these painful lessons are starting to shift many companies into better understanding who they should be selling to and why. And when they do that, hopefully less orgs end up having bad fit customers as they blend into stretch fit and the good fit model. And selling to the right customer, it really means everything. Let's transition now to stretch fit. And what are some of your thoughts on stretch fit customers, Liz? I have a couple of examples for this one too. Uh, first off, a stretch fit customer is one that will be a good fit customer down the road. They might just be part of a one-off program, but ideally they'll fit into a group of customers that have a common theme. So you want them to immediately realize some value and have an attainable plan of action so that you can deliver future value where the cost of the plan of the current action doesn't negate the potential future value. So in my experience, these tend to be mid-sized com companies. They're small enough to have agility and be adaptable, and at the same time, large enough to have the staffing, to have someone focus on what potentially may be a customization. A stretch fit to me means that you believe there may be some excessive resource spent up front to get the customer onboarded and into a realistic success-based outcome program, but the lifetime value of the account is what you're confident in achieving. If there were checkboxes or qualifications on assessing a customer, you would be reviewing how they fit into your product or service technically, culturally, functionally, et cetera. And what is the likelihood of this customer success and how does customer success position and work with this customer to increase the chances of their success? As an organization, you'll want to detail this criteria for your sales force and include your senior leaders on the definition of potential. I also see sometimes, you know, getting your foot in the door with a customer as stretch fit, as someone you know, maybe we can start them off at this level of service, at this level of product. And because you've sort of modeled their journey um, from that path, you have a higher chance of success into, you know, upselling and expanding that account over time. So now, Liz, for the best part, good fit. And it's safe to say that bad fit customers have a dramatically negative impact on not only your CSM, but the org as a whole, it makes sense that CSMs love good fit customers, right? Because they're most, most likely easier to work with, not always, but you're, it's like you're set up for success before you even start. Absolutely. The, the good fit customers were the ones that you wanted to work with every single day. So the good fit, it's like the sweet spot on a baseball bat you know immediately when you hit it. They know what they have, they know what they want, and they know that you can help them meet their goals. So they already have a program in place where you are the last missing piece, or at least they're developing a program and are gathering all the necessary pieces. Also, they have an understanding of scope and phases, which are critical in enterprise-wide deployments. So when you're working together, you can set an attainable rollout plan that guarantees success. The sweet spot on the bat. I love that. Being someone who grew up with baseball and played it throughout my, my entire life, that was, that was perfect. Well said. Well, the thing is, is anybody who's ever played baseball or softball, you know when you've hit that sweet spot. It, it's in the feel of the bat in your hands, the sound of the ball coming off the bat, 
And when you're working to sell a customer, that's the, that's the same feeling that, that you should have is that, you know, when you've got the right customer for your product. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's customers that align to your products or services value statement perfectly, I think. And they have a very fast time to initial value. Um, they may have bought in with a smaller upfront investment, or you can clearly design a success plan as to how they will grow with your service over time. And this might include increased adoption, licensing, upsell, or cross-sell. There's no better place to be as a CSM than to be aligned with a good fit customer. So Liz, I think that's it. Thank you very much for being a guest today. Any uh, closing remarks uh, we want to add or talk about? I think in the long run, having a more diverse sales team is a key to ensuring a potential customer is a good fit. If at all possible, include the CSMs early in the sales cycle where they can get to know the customer and evaluate their needs. That way they can delve more deeply into a stretch customer and determine the path to convert them to a good fit. Basically just front load the exploration as much as possible. So Liz, thank you again for joining. Maybe you'll be back again for another uh, recording. I'd be honored to be a guest again. Thank you for inviting me. Awesome. Thanks. We'll talk again next time. To our listeners, thank you so much for your time and attention. That wraps up this episode on bad fit, stretch fit, and good fit customers. I hope it was a good primer or introduction or maybe provided a bit more insight for you, even if you're already familiar with these terms. If you liked what you heard in this episode, please consider leaving a review of this podcast online as it really helps with discovery and search. This can be for Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts, as we're available on 10 different platforms. Besides leaving a review, you can easily share individual episodes on your favorite social media service. I'm Tom Connery. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time here on Talking Customer Success.